So, hello and welcome to the 41st episode of The Undermind, and my guests today are Dave Churchill. Hi Dave, long time no see. Hello. And Christian McRave, also long time no see. Hi McRave. Hello. And we have a lot of topics and current events to discuss, but before we get into that, uh, the usual ramp up phase where I ask what you've been up to, and let's uh, let's start with Dave. Uh, what what you've been working on lately? Uh, other than switching my classes online, I've been staying at home and doing a lot of programming. So I've done a bunch of things. Just really quickly, I uh, upgraded UAlbertaBot to Visual Studio 2019 and removed a bunch of libraries from it. So it's like you can actually compile it now in something modern, which is really nice. And uh, I'm actually using that for my game AI class as their final project. I have also written a small GitHub repo called StarDraft, which you can use to like visualize uh, StarCraft maps and use it for programming algorithms. And also I released the Prismata AI as an open source GitHub as well, which is uh, took a while, but uh, it's pretty cool to have a retail game AI up on GitHub now. By the way, uh, the StarCraft uh, visualizes maps how? Like um, like a thumbnail or something, or much more simpler than that? So there's a, if you look at the GitHub repo, there's actually a video there um, that you can see uh, like how it works. So the StarDraft project, oh, sorry, my push to talk key was uh, messing up. Oh, I see. I, I recall this now, uh, seeing the thumbnails. Yeah, so um, you have to run BWAPI with some code to extract the maps into a specific text file format. But once you have them, um, StarDraft will actually uh, use um, SFML, which is this graphics library, to visualize the maps. And you can zoom in and pan around, and it like colors the tiles differently based on what the tiles uh, do, like buildable tiles or walkable tiles, et cetera. And so that all came about because I was trying to uh, do some work on, on UAlbertaBot and writing map algorithms within the bot is kind of difficult. So I just wrote that to, to help visualize things. 
and I think we are one step closer to the ultimate goal, which is ASCII-based StarCraft. Exactly. And I heard that uh, all Canadians uh, say about in a different way, but no one actually says them like in you here in in the movies. Uh, I think it's uh, a boot or something is the stereotypical pronunciation of that word. <laughs> I think McGrave says it like that. Let's not boot shame each other, though. <laughs> it's just something I remember. And with my accent, I'm not the one to speak, so don't take it as uh, as a uh, well teasing. Okay, back to the topic at hand. Um, Stardust uh, looks really nice, and uh, the Prismata AI I will actually check out when I get to time because I played Prismata and it was an entertaining game. It has had some some stupid battles though. I <laughs> I uh, actually. Uh, I think I got stuck on one battle and didn't play it for a week or so. But I know because you're a quitter. <laughs> yeah, maybe that might not be a bad a bad uh, thing in, in itself. But yeah, it, it's a good game. Go check it out. And uh, yep, uh, removing BWTA from UI Alberta bot is also a good thing. Uh, I'm working on Schnell pretty much uh, 24-7 nowadays and uh, providing PWTA caches for every bot is like cumbersome, so to speak. And uh, it's like I need to add the map, need to make sure there is a cache file and need to make sure it's working fine. So let's try to move over that library. Yeah, the way we overcame that with the aid tournament manager software is that each bot has like required libraries and we just have them all in a zip file that we extract to the StarCraft directory. And then it saves a snapshot of the directory before the unzip and then deletes everything that was unzipped. It's just really annoying. Uh, yeah, it's like somehow this, this whole scene is, is full of uh, solutions like that. <laughs> but like BWTA made a lot of things possible earlier on. So like, I'm not saying anything bad about it. It's just, you know, relies on libraries that were programmed in old versions of Visual Studio. So that's why I removed it. No, it's not a bit bad thing in itself. It's just time time to move on. And uh, do you have any any courses right now that are related to StarCraft AI? So I, I'm teaching two courses right now. One is a group project software engineering course, which doesn't have anything to do with that. Um, but the other one is actually the first offering of comp 4303 at memorial university which is a game ai course and so for the final project in that course i gave students one of two options for a final project one is to write a starcraft bot and the other one uh, was because only because a lot of the people in the class had never played starcraft was to write a minecraft bot so about three quarters of the class is writing a starcraft bot right now for that course um, if they haven't played StarCraft, I just would just fail them, to be honest. Yeah, I know, but the, the university has something to say about me failing people based on game preferences. Well, one day we'll get there. And uh, now let's uh, turn to MacRiv. Uh, what you've been up to lately? Uh, what's, what's up? You've been... Uh, you haven't been on the podcast quite a while now. Yeah, uh, I got pretty busy there for a bit with work. 
Um, it slowed down recently, and and uh, I've been playing a lot of Path of Exile and working on my Zerg bot. So I've been updating that probably once a week or so. It's been fun just trying to make my mutas the most annoying thing. I actually played against your Zerg bot um, recently, so I can confirm. And I think... Yeah, it's really tough because I'm trying to... I'm trying to use absolute like pathing to get them to move where I want them to, like around threats, but doesn't really work all that great when there's threats everywhere. And we we streamed a little bit uh, Dave's cats in the <laughs> pre-stream. Uh, Dave, are you aware that Nightcat's cat are, uh, is called Catsby? And if that's not the greatest cat name ever, I don't know what is. It's pretty good. <laughs> That is a good name. Is, is, he, is his surname Catsby and his first name is Great? Possibly. I'm sorry, I won't do that again. <laughs> I think uh, let's let's uh, tease it a, a little bit because everyone knows uh, what is our ultimate topic for today. But let's, uh, let's uh, start with... I don't know. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's true. I was talking to Dave before the stream, and he's been a, a little bit out of the loop. Uh, so, first of all, the Schnell StarCraft Human and AI League is in open beta now. And uh, that means that you can download it and play against uh, most of the bots that are on the SSCIT ladder. Not all the authors are registered, though, so some versions of the Schnell bots might be... Uh, earlier than the SSEIT ones, so keep that in mind, but we are just starting out. And um, I don't know, uh, Dave, I know you've been a little bit out of the loop, so the question is mostly to McRave how, how closely you've been following the development. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been watching pretty much everything that you've been doing. Yeah, that's, that, that's uh, great. And, uh, well, DevTime is the great bottleneck. Uh, we have... Uh, the client server and the website, the main areas, and now that we we are ramping up all the all the well, the user count basically, um, th this means that uh, yeah, uh, more and more stuff needs to be uh, be done, and it needs to be stable. We can get 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 away with hacking everything uh, anymore. Yeah, I'm looking forward to actually having an easy way to just like find ways to abuse bots in like silly ways and then make some really dumb build that just abuses them. Like that's why I uploaded my Terran bot and all it does is makes 12 bunkers on 15 supply and then go straight battle cruisers and yeah, it got some wins but it's pretty terrible. I I actually cast a game of that. <laughs> what? Seriously, when was that? Uh, just today, just before this guest actually ended. Oh no! <laughs> that will go. I called it. Like the... blocks the natural and everything. It's so. Uh, I called it the Magino line tactic because it's it's a large impenetrable wall. But it, you said it, it makes bunkers, but not enough marines to fill them. Yeah, it's there because everyone's combat sim looks at a bunker and goes, "There's four marines in there," and it's like, okay, well. I'm going to just make 12 bunkers, put no supply into it, and then just make a bunch of battle cruisers on 2B. <laughs> it's a, it, such a troll build, and I love it. it. 
it honestly it could work if it was more refined but i just i made it in 15 minutes and i just i was just like i don't know make a second refinery on like 40 supplies sure let's do that i, I don't know i didn't know how to do any of it i just kind of threw stuff at it I, I i was so lazy with doing it that i just said all right when you hit 12 supply or 15 supply go make 12 bunkers all at the same <laughs> like i just did you get that on Liquipedia? Oh, I really should. Let me open up a page on that, I guess. The old <laughs> 18 bunker, 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 bunker. <laughs> on 18, bunker, 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 battle cruiser. <laughs> Great macro build. You could put that into the uh, build order search system. Just say, I want 18 bunkers and a battle cruiser. Oh my god, I wonder what Basil thinks of that build. Because Basil kind of is like, uh, I can kind of figure out builds. If we had enough Terran bots doing it, it would just be like, I have no idea what this build is. So yeah, uh, on schnell.com, you can just download the client. And uh, in most of the cases, it works out of the box. We still have some some uh, problems, but nothing compared to, uh, and I'm not trash talking here, but configuring the ROP launcher, for example. So if it requires Java, it requires like uh, Visual C++ runtimes, and it's pretty much it. It had some uh, problems with antivirus as well, but I think, yeah, we're, we're much, much better off at this point. And uh, I think like 90% of the user base didn't really have any problem installing it. Uh, which is uh, which is uh, like 89% better than what we had so far. Yeah, look at the snail. It's kind of a joke because as you might know, I live in Germany and you know, Germans uh, start words with SCH. I'm not saying it's a good joke, but it's a joke. So yeah, uh, MacReview, you had a little bit more experience with the platform. Did you play uh, many games on it? I actually haven't touched it once, but I really want to just because I kind of want to break my bot. I already know ways that I can break it. And don't I don't... Say it. I know, I won't, I won't say what it is. But I'll, actually, I'll say one of them that's already public. If you just, like... If you just build something on top of where I was supposed to build, my bot will probably just get stuck forever. I don't know. I don't know what happens. Um, there was actually yeah. a really old version of you, Alberta bot, that just buried a zergling at every base. Yeah, like that's that that's like powerful versus ninety percent of the field because they are like ninety five percent. Nobody brings detection to their bases. I think that that could work in human games as well. I, I mean, uh, usually what I see in human games as well, they just send out one worker and hope for the best. And clearly that's not something you should do. What was the but... bot that would like burrow and unburrow all of its hydralisks, got close to it, and games used to last like three hours? Was that? Did that exist? I've never seen that. Yeah, it I've seen weird. it a couple of times. It was really funny though. And like you just... You just see like a tank walking around and all the hydras pop. It was like whack-a-mole. Try this out. I was going to do something like Molzerg at some point. I was going to attempt it. The, I don't know what bot that was, but sounds hilarious. No, you know, I, I will say something that, I mean... I think it was over. So I, I, 
Molzer? No, mole, moles are like burrowing like a mole. But yeah, no, um, in terms of playing StarCraft, I, I don't actually play like any StarCraft. I just, I don't find it that fun. Like I like the game a lot. I love watching it, but playing it, I'm just like super bored playing it because I have to, I have to put so much effort into just playing it at a minimally like decent level. And uh, that's actually like another reason why I don't super love bot development is that if you get to a point where all you're doing is just worrying about your build orders and your strategy and stuff, it just gets so boring for me. I just want to do cool stuff and have fun. I don't know. That's just me personally. So that's why I haven't used the Chanel client is I just, eh, I don't want to play a whole lot of StarCraft anyways. I loved playing StarCraft until it became my job. And then I hated playing StarCraft. Reasonable, honestly. Oh yeah, uh, I can certainly understand that. It's it's a little bit uh, different for me. I don't play uh, too much StarCraft myself, but I identified the main uh, reason of that, and that is other people, because uh, I I played StarCraft even competitively back in the day. It wasn't any good, but but I enjoyed doing it. But the sword and just dealing with other idiots is just just too much. It's it's like. Uh, you, you know, there were these LAN events, and imagine that you go to, going to a LAN event, you don't even know the guy, and they, they well, they act like uh, what you see in, in many Twitch chats, <laughs> in streamers, just in real life. And I said, okay, I just don't need it. I just want to play a game. If I lose, I lose. I don't care. I, I don't even get get upset if I lose. It's just the trash talking, the griefing, the... Well, you know how people are, are on the internet. And actually, that was one of the motivation behind the project, because you can practice against bots. You you can have a challenge, and that's important, because if the, if it's too easy, you, you get bored. But, like, our bots are, are quite challenging at this point. Uh, we will return back to that point later. Oh man, I would be a, a great uh, reality t television host, because I can talk about, like, nothing for... for long time and say that oh later this will be very 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 important and have you guys seen that someone ported blappy to the n64 version of starcraft <laughs> what the fuck what? no are you serious <laughs> Yo, no i just i just wanted to hear your reaction oh my god that'd be amazing <laughs> i'm ho i don't even know how <laughs> i'm horrified yet intrigued no it's a joke yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a good one. I, I believe it. Late out of season, April Fools. It's not yeah. quite out of season. It's three days late, Dave. Oh no, three days. Man, that that would have been the perfect April Fools joke. It's it's well, still accepted yeah, as a late comment. Oh man, I wish we had thought. I wish someone had thought about that on April Fools. They made like an article on it and everything. Ah, damn, missed missed our chance. So yeah, Dave, uh, since you are uh, not really familiar with this, uh, from a research perspective, what do you think, uh, what kind of data would be useful using this platform? First of all, I intend to collect replays uh, as much as I can. O obviously, that will require user consent, but let's not dwell on that. And uh, learning data as well. And we do that with bot versus bot games. But I think bot versus human games will evolve into a different meta. 
Um, I'm not sure. I like I I don't know off the top of my head why bot versus AI or bot versus human games would produce more interesting data than just like human versus human games. Maybe if you're trying to like learn behavior of bots and how they play against humans, um, it's all just good data, right? I'm not saying that like the data isn't useful. I'm just saying I'm not sure how it's different than than other StarCraft data. I think in bot versus bot, you make decisions that counter what your opponent's doing rather than inherently just being like a decent decision at the or the bot makes a really bad decision. So an example of that is let's say you open Nexus first versus a Terran that cheeses you. And then on the next game, you do it again. Well, the bot in this case is just going to do it again most of the time because it learned that it worked. A human's probably not going to do that. Humans, I think, just inherently know just maybe it won't make work a second time. It, it'll, it worked once. It probably won't work for another 30 games. That sort of human data is, I think, going to be different than bot data anyways, at least for now. And since we have... Uh a type of measuring uh, success which is which is win rate i think many bots have seal clubbing behaviors like it's a dumb hmm? what's a vein rate <laughs> Dave, i gotta get i gotta get you back for the aboot comment no. i can't believe this that's completely fair so <laughs> yeah and uh, I was talking about the win rate and uh, it is <laughs> it is a metric that rewards uh, seal clubbing behavior which is making a kind of dumb build that can beat the very basic bots and obviously that won't work against humans although a good four pool bot can work I'm sorry did you say seal clubbing behavior Yes it is a term that I think Dan coined which which is uh, Yes, it's, it's uh, taking what does it mean? taking the lower ranking bots on the ladder and just brute force, uh, like implementing a four pool rush against them. Who came up with that? I know how Pan has well, that on. His Dan nickname. is vehemently denying this. <laughs> I don't know that. I think uh, one of the one of the podcasts. Uh, during one of the podcasts, someone came. Yeah, yeah, Dan wasn't on the podcast, so it wasn't him, but hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that, that may be Antigua. He gets faltered. Yeah, maybe Antigua was saying that, oh, Dan came up with this and that. But yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a, I thought it was kind of self-explanatory. Don't you have seals in Canada anyway? Actually, that's uh, kind of a hot topic, the seal, the seal hunt. Paul McCartney came to Newfoundland where I live and protested against the seal hunt without knowing any of the science behind it. And it caused like a pretty big uproar here locally. I want to be a seal hunter scientist. But yeah, let's not, I'm joking away the issue because yeah, it's, it's actually a serious thing, but uh, this is not the time or place to discuss it. So speaking of seal hunting, <laughs> yeah. um, they actually use machine learning to try and identify seals on ice pans um, as a local project that someone was working on. So that's cool. Hmm. If you have links to that, I will uh, post it. 
Oh, that's because that sounds no, like... I'm not. Just Google it. <laughs> okay. Okay, back to the topic at hand. Uh, how is human versus bot data different than bot versus bot? Uh, yeah, this is this is one of the one of the uh, things, the seal clubbing, uh, and uh, I think the meta will emerge that uh, if a bot is predictable, it is much easier to defeat by a human, because Adias um, is a good example or Seda, because it has one build or one, um, not one build, I'm sure, but a couple of builds that it does very well and it has very good results with it. But if you're a human, you can learn that and counter that easily. And from that point on, you can basically beat Seda every time. And that's that does not necessarily mean that you're a good player. Well, we saw in the early days of human versus AI, like I had things in UAlberta bot, like the combat simulation, which was like, oh, I can win this fight. And it's like I have 16 zealots and they have one zergling, so I'm just going to keep attacking it. And then one of the early humans uh, figured out, well, it's chasing my zergling, so I'll just run this zergling all around the map and their whole army follows me. And things like knowing when you're being screwed with is really hard to detect. That's a very good point, I think. And um, we, we will need to adapt. And uh, I hope we will enter uh on arms race now Vizil. and i already saw some some new faces on the sscrt discord wanting to develop bots so that's very good uh kind of just want to comment on the seal clubbing thing um i know some bots do that but I, personally i just don't see the power in that because yeah you're putting in low effort to club seals but why not just make your bot more well-rounded and be able to take on those challenges losing well, losing to a low level bot means more room for improvement to make your bot better i'll give you my salty example of uh why this matters in the 2015 aid competition you alberta bot had a greater than 50 percent win rate against every other bot in the competition but it came fourth Wait, why? The top bot hit 100%? No, it, it beat every other bot one-on-one, -on -one, but it didn't beat every bot enough to have the highest winning percentage overall. Oh. So the top bots seal club really well to a 100% win rate against all the like bottom half bots. But mine was actually like, it was playing the three races. And so it was the first time it, it played random. And so what happened was, it usually won two thirds of its games against a particular bot and then just lost the other third. And so like if we were doing instant runoff, it would have won the competition, but um, it didn't <laughs> because overall winning percentage uh, favors the seal clubbers. I understand what you're saying, Dan, that win percentage matters in tournaments if you want to win them. But if your goal is to win, I mean, yeah, there's probably better exploits you can do and, and code very specific behaviors to exploit very specific bots to break them in certain ways. And I, I get that. I mean, it makes sense, but that's that's what pretty much seal clubbing feels like to me is you're just, you're just exploiting the fact that bots are stupid rather than make your bot really strong. Well, I think a lot of people have been seal clubbing just through strategy selection learning. Like, you know, yeah. you have five different strategies and you you find the one that works and you 
always use it against that person. Yeah, like, I know Locutus has one where he basically just makes a bunch of cannons in his main, and that kills pretty much every rush bot possible. So that's a good example. It's just that if he runs out against me even three or four times, he's probably just going to die. And it's a good, I think a good topic of conversation is what, like, for example, if you make a bot to try and win the aid tournament, that's very different than a bot you would try to win a best of seven against a human, right? Because you have might have 100 rounds to learn strategies in the aid tournament versus you just have seven games. Right. Yeah, and in those seven games, you need your best possible skills. And if part of that is your reliance on build A that crushed a bunch of rush bots, but now a new bot's coming in that's stronger and has a better rush and you're you know, exploitive, I guess, super safe build doesn't beat that anymore. Well, you could have been working on skills like worker drilling and, um, you know, better concaves at your choke point. Uh, there's, there's a lot more to work on there than just, okay, well, I built five cannons in my main and, and built a single DT and I killed this Protoss zealot rushing bot. Well, I mean, it's, it's, you get into these things, now we're almost going to this like meta level discussion where like I used to play a lot of Magic the Gathering and we used to go to like regional tournaments and stuff when I don't know, some random like a bunch of creature decks were really popular and the one or two people who played anti-creature decks won that tournament, not because they were better, but they happened to predict the meta and choose the choose the the deck that was good against the meta, right? Yeah, I agree. There there is gonna be there is going to be a need for that to change depending on what bots are entered into what tournaments as well. If they continue to, um, if they continue in, in tournaments like COG and AID to just transfer bots from the previous year that have these terrible rushes that just feed basically win percentage to the seal clubbers, then yeah, there's still always going to be that meta of seal clubbing. That's or why Basil or SCAT, right? Like the high percentage win rate stuff doesn't really make sense in that. For the last two years in aid, I've only transferred bots that had greater than 50% win rate from the previous year just to try and alleviate some of that. So there's not like, I'm not putting all the clowns back in, but no, it's not just the strongest bots either. I understand. I understand. Like I fully understand the concepts of why tournaments do the win percentage thing. It's easy to run once you have a script that runs them. Like you, once you have it set up, it works. Um, it's a lot of games, so learning can take effect and and that's really powerful for bots. And I understand why people do the skill clubbing thing. I just, I think it is, you are cheating yourself. That's just how I see it. I, I That's specifically why McGrave does not have anything like that. I don't do any builds like that. I just, I don't like the idea of, oh, well, I can just win versus this bot if I do this really stupid tactical. And then there's the, um, something I ran into when I was doing the Prismata bot for, you know, it's a retail video game that more people play, is that seal clubbing, it, it's unfortunate, but the thing that you want to avoid the most is losing to something stupid because that's when people really start to criticize your AI. So you'll kind of, you, you want to avoid, in order to make a robust AI, you want to avoid the seal clubbing, but you also have to have some of these things where it's like, well, 
you know, I've got to have some code in there to protect against the worker rush just because I'll look really stupid if I lose to it. That's fair, yeah. So it's, um, especially when you get into, like, retail game AI, which is a little different, you just want to avoid looking stupid as much as... You don't necessarily need to be the smartest, but you do need to kind of avoid the mistakes that humans would consider stupid. So the bot, the Prismata AI bots would do... You know, they're not, like, expert human level, but I had to put a lot of effort into fixing the really dumb mistakes that humans never made. And that was actually surprisingly difficult. I think that's why I, that, that's the same thought process I have is if humans don't lose to it, what do they do? What, what do humans do? Okay. Well, they, they scout more or they, you know, send their overlord here. They do this with their units. Okay. Well, you can replicate 99% of what humans do. It's just figuring out what that is. Mm-hmm. And that the example I gave earlier of like, my zealots are trying to chase around this zergling. Well, a human instantaneously knows, okay, he's just trying to bait me out. But ha- what's the algorithm right. for detecting being baited, right? It's difficult. Exactly. It's, 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 it's time spent towards progress rather than just being like, uh, I'm going to throw in some code that just instead just uh, moves past them. And then uh, hopefully I just can, uh, I can just smork right at the... And this was actually like the reason that I stopped development on a bot. Like, so, you know, very selfishly, I wanted to have a really good tournament result to like finish my PhD. And so 2013, UAlberta Alberta bought one. And then I was like, okay, no more work on this because up until that point, geez, that was like seven years ago. It was really, you know, quote unquote, true AI wasn't good enough to drive an entire bot, right? And so why am I continuing to improve this? It's just a bunch of hand-coded scenarios, like what do I do against a cannon rush? What do I do against a worker rush? And that's like not helping me graduate because that's not quote-unquote real AI, right? And that's right. kind that's... of where bot development was at the time and kind of still is for a lot of people. Yeah, and that's, that's where we're at. That's into the uh, how do I strategy into code, basically, portion of it is part of it, which I find really boring. And yeah. But if you're not deep mind, that's all you can kind of do is, yeah. you know, you, for you, Alberta bot, in order to try and get some AI into it, well, it's like, well, let's try and apply AI to build order planning, or let's try and apply it to combat prediction or some small part of it. But you really like, you know, every bot that does well, you go through it and you see things like, well, if it has a, if it has a cloaked unit, I need to do this. Or if it has Zerglings this early, I need to do this. Because if you don't have that, you just get beaten by something that looks really foolish. And that's worse than to publicly, you lose a lot more face by losing to something stupid by not having those rules. So you just need it. I agree that you need the rules. I just, I personally don't think it's a good idea to. For example, if you know the bot you're going against is just going to four pull you, make four cannons in your main. You know, like if you know oh, yeah. it's going to happen before the game starts because you're a seal clubber. Anyways, you should probably get off the topic of seal clubbing. But yeah, that's fun. I think it's a, I think it's a, it's a difficult topic, but I just think that making your bot more well-rounded is, I don't know, it makes more I'm, sense to me. I'm pretty sure that Sanko. Um fell asleep like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> no way. Yeah, so we started talking about like fingerprinting as Dave called, or Dan called.
I just, uh, as a rule, I uh, let my guests talk as much as uh, they want to, because every show is about the guests. So, um, sil uh, as um, uh, my addition to the silk rubbing issue, I think uh, let's work backwards, uh, because uh, meta gaming in any kind of competition is inevitable. And I think the thing we need to fix is the re reward loop in these kind of tournaments. And I'm not saying that it bo in bot versus bot tournaments win rate is a bad metric. It might be a good one. But I uh, do think that uh, in, in bot versus human, it might not be the best or, well, it's, it's not even true, but uh, we might need to consider other uh, avenues uh, as well. And uh, one of, if I can interject for one second, one of the bad things about so win rate, you really need like hundreds, if not thousands of games for that to matter. Right. And so that's obviously not possible against humans. But also, I'm really happy that some tournaments like um, SSCAIT don't use it because it's boring. Right. Like when we're running aid, we know the winner 15% into the tournament being run, usually. And so, you know, if that's the reason why I don't put the results up in real time, is because people would just lose interest because win rate is just not exciting and so having something like you know a best of 16 or a best of eight or whatever as the final determinifier is uh those tournaments are exciting and they they help draw people in and so statistical significance is not always the best metric for like getting people interested in your topic and so you kind of need different competitions with different winning metrics and stuff like that absolutely I really like aist by antigua i do like that um, what do they do? He just does um, like a double elimination, just random seed and uh, most recent maps uh, in ASL. So really good. the first ever competition that was the first aid competition was double elim and um, random seed. And a lot of people kind of got salty because their random seeds were just bad. And so they lost in like the second round because they played against like Crazio and Overmind in the first two rounds, right? <laughs> so it's like when you're trying to publish something and say how good you are, it's like, well, maybe you would have come third, but you actually came like 40th because fair. of That's fair. these random pairings. Almost like tournaments should do a uh, percentage one for people to be like, how good is your bot versus everything? And then do an elimination one for a tournament. But that's a lot of extra work. Yeah, I, I like um I like the idea of round robin and then taking the top X because you know you eliminate the clowns and then you have an exciting final. Or you could do something like Swiss rounds where you know all the it's random pairings for the first round and then all the one and O's play against all the one and O's and then all the two O's play against the two O's and the one ones play against the one ones and stuff. And hmm. I, at this point for for aid, it's more like I don't have time to do all that stuff anymore, so I'm just going to run the software that I have. <laughs> yeah, that's understandable. Clown Eliminator is a job title I want. <laughs> and uh, that that is a point that I actually wanted to bring up a little bit later. How to actually rate the bo bots uh, on a human versus AI ladder. I've been... Um, 
talking about this in multiple podcasts, but uh, I think Dave, Dave, you, you might have a good perspective on this. So in short, the problem is uh, that people people can can exploit the bots and generally if they can win win against the bot one time they can uh, beat it every time and that's not quite the case with humans so what i'm thinking is have a ladder when you can when you can't pick your opponent uh you you get get a random opponent maybe a weighted random like we do have on the ladders something close to your mmr let's call it mmr for the sake of this uh, discussion and it it is anonymized so you don't know the name of your opponent and uh, thus you can't can't just uh, metagame it and uh, the rating is well basically something based on uh, elo or or uh, actually elo actually it is elo if you didn't know that because it's <laughs> yeah i'm serious it's named after elo arpad a uh, hungarian guy and uh, uh it's it's uh, it's how it's pronounced but elo is fine uh okay so how to how to uh, best rate the bots well the skill of the bots against humans bearing all uh, all uh, in mind that i just said i think an, an anonymized uh anonymized uh, ladder where you don't know uh, actually who is your opponent is is your best bet so it's a difficult problem and uh the one example that I have that I was able to do in a real world scenario with Prismata. So for example, pe people out there probably don't know what Prismata is. So it's essentially picture StarCraft without geometry or moving units. Um, it's like a, I don't want to call it a card game because it doesn't have randomness, but it's kind of like StarCraft in that you have build orders and you attack and defend and stuff like that. So with Prismata, what I did was, because I was one of the developers, we had a human versus human ladder um, where people at the time, there was like hundreds of games being played a day, et cetera. One of the big complaints about the AI system was that it was very exploitable. And so for example, the Prismata AI did like a one turn look ahead to see how much attack you could have on the next turn. And that was really exploitable by people who, for example, saved up all their gold over multiple turns and then like bought a bunch of units at once. And humans are really good at detecting that exploitable behavior. So that's what they do when they played their like um, three wins versus the AI to get their daily reward or whatever the company had. They would just exploit the bot in the ways that they knew that the bot could be exploited. But then what I did for the paper that I wrote was... Um, I ran the bot, so I hacked a version of the client so that it would join the human ladder, but be controlled by the AI. And I wrote in a move or so an action randomization timer so that, you know, if the bot is just playing instantly, you'll know it's a bot. But I like put in random delays between all the clicks and stuff so that to try and mask the fact that it was a bot. And uh, the bot that was so easily beatable by people who, who were opponent modeling it, as soon as they thought it was a human, it had an 85% win rate against the same people because they were trying to play against it in a standard way um, ver versus before, if they know it's the bot, they're gonna do the specific build order that beats it. And so, it's crazy like how much stronger your AI becomes when people aren't trying to opponent model it. So it's difficult to do that in a situation like Schnell because maybe you don't have like humans playing versus other humans. So they know they're always playing against a bot. Exactly. Um, 
right? So I was lucky that I had that, okay, that way of, of literally saying they don't know they're playing against a bot. So I had a true evaluation of the bot's skill level without being um, exploited. But uh, I don't know. I think that's a difficult problem. And I think maybe you could do something like um, even like a survey of humans that played against it to say, like, what areas do you think it's strong or weak? But I've also shown that that is kind of bad because humans are really bad at judging how the AI is doing things. And so they're going to rate parts of it probably not at the real skill level based on their like biased opinions of the bot. So that was a long way of saying I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but but uh, uh, you identified the por- uh, problems. Uh, and yeah, that's, that's the biggest problem that uh, the bots but don't play each other on the snail ladder and the humans neither. And yeah, uh, evaluating bot ability, it's, it's bad because uh, people are biased in the first place and just might just vote it down uh, for griefing purposes. So yeah. Um, and uh, I, I also kind of a funny story was that, especially with the retail version of Prismata, whenever the AI made a mistake, there was like a Reddit post about it. So that was kind of annoying, but it was also like how wrong people were about the AI where they'd say like, oh, the bot is like, it's really afraid of this strategy. So it's really bad against it. Or it like, it's kind of cowardly. So it doesn't want to do this. And I'm like, no, that's just because this number was bigger than that number. (laughs) Like there's no, all the emotions and human qualities that people assign to AIs um, that are just completely wrong and just happen to be coincidental is kind of hilarious. Oh yeah, that's kind of like how combat sims work, right? Where it's just like, why didn't you engage there? And it's like, well, it was like two percent away from me. Well, uh, what I would, uh, well, how I operate is, I assume my my average average user is the guy in the chat. A term coined by Artosis, but I, I, so everyone knows what I'm talking about. And my average user is not the guy in the chat. That's not not what I mean. It's it's like you have to prepare for the worst. And yeah, I just saw that when Arthur's is played some of the bots, there were comments like, "Oh, this is so bad." But his this bot is literally playing one of the top players in the fucking world. How is how is that any fair comparison? You, you well, uh, I could uh, list a sum yeah, of but... adjectives here. Twitch chat is going to resident sleep or everything, right? So, yeah. Like, <laughs> I remember when, so we had, uh, oh, what's his name? Kriparian played Prismata on stream. And, like, there were 20,000 people in the chat, and 19,990 of them were, like, <laughs> just trashing the game, right? But they'll do that because it's entertaining. Yeah, but like Kriparian is is famous for for uh, very good at this type of games. So, uh. something real quick that McCrave just said, which is really interesting, um, how like oh the combat said Sim said I was like two percent off of winning. Um, I actually had a research idea for a paper that I never followed up on, so people can steal this if they want. Where, let's say if you had time to train against like previous versions of a bot or something. And I introduced this variable called alpha. And so what this alpha variable is, it's a number between zero and one, where in your combat simulator, you take alpha percent 
of your actions to be random actions. So like zero would be normal combat simulator. One would be I'm doing completely random actions. And if you change this variable, it's essentially saying like my AI is acting a little bit worse. So if I could beat you in the combat sim with like alpha equal to 0.2, meaning that I'm doing 20% random actions, then like you're just worse at micro than me, right? So the combat simulators normally assume that both people are equal. And that's the problem is that both people are not equal. And so some of the worst bots are getting away with not being attacked. Combat simulator is too generous. But if you could figure out this value of alpha for each opponent, it's kind of a measure of how bad they are at micro. So let's say I play against like, um, I don't know, I'm not going to say a bot name, but some bot that's just worse at me at micro and figure out that, well, my highest winning percentage against them is when alpha is like 0.3. Then I can take that to the tournament and attack sooner when the combat simulator would have said don't attack. And that could get me a lot more wins because that bot is just bad at micro. So I have an idea that you are allowed to make uh but use if button as, as an example in uh, any of your uh comparisons no but like yeah so what you do is you bias the combat simulator with this variable that means i'm taking this many random actions or even null actions right so it's just some way of saying well if i can beat you with the same army with this it's just a measure of micro skill i think I like this approach. I obviously someone needs to implement this to to see if how well this works. But it it uh, sounds like something very uh, very sound, or at least a good base to start uh, this kind of I don't know optimization. Maybe I'll when I get some research time back, I will uh, try and implement that. But you know what I'm saying, right? It's almost like a lot of these bots, you can tell, well, if he just pushed in right now, he'd win. Absolutely. Right? I'm assigning gender to the bot. But if the bot just pushed in right now, they'd win. Um, but the combat simulator is obviously saying, don't do that. And then you're letting them get to the point where now they have mutas and you lose, right? So you've got to find that metric, that that value that says you can attack now. And I think that's one way that you could possibly do it. And generally, uh, if if you can afford, like th that's a good way to improve your bot. If you can afford it, just do random shit and later evaluate how well it went. You can't hard code everything. All right, uh, I think we are kind of finished with this topic. So uh, maybe let's have uh, let's have the the well penultimate topic of today which is the show matches and first of all uh, since Dave you, you haven't really uh, got the time uh, to watch them I will spoil them for for you I'm terribly sorry uh, first of all uh, or first was the Cadenzi show matches Cadenzi is is a quite a skilled player uh, and she went 3-2 against Locutus now that's that's a very good result in itself I think and uh, good in what way sorry good in what way i uh, good in showing uh, the bot skill i mean block block to perform very well 
Oh, I, I, I knew the answer to that question. I was just trying to, you know, expand on that for the viewers. Ah, okay. So, um, yeah, it is. It is. A, it was a very good showcase, and actually, three two going either way is the best results we, we could have hoped for. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And uh, one game, Loctus kind of derbed out. That wasn't wasn't good. And uh, the second game, I think, second or third game, Cadenzi uh, just uh, busted the natural of Locutus, and she just took it easy from that point, and ultimately that cost her the game. It was amazing to see because uh, she just thought, okay, I'm, I'm, I won uh, anyway, I just do some other stuff, and didn't look at the army advancing, Locutus defended it well, cut enough goons and defeated Cadenzi, so that was amazing to see. You know why Locutus craps out sometimes, right? I do not. Because there's some of my code in there, hidden. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. She's honest. And, uh, well, there was some terror analyzing bug, I think. Uh, and the replays are, I don't know if they are publicly posted. I have to ask uh, Bruce himself. But uh, yeah, they, they are very, very interesting to watch. And the last game was actually pretty close. It was a base trade and, and like, Kadenzi almost lost. Uh, Locutus yet again derped out a little bit and didn't move in to finish the job. And ultimately, Kadenzi uh, recovered and won the game. But yeah, it, it, it was just great. No, that's really cool. I, um... I'm definitely out of the loop more than most because of work and stuff. But uh, whenever I like do this podcast or interact with the community again and get up to speed, it's like amazing how far everything's come and how much work people like you both are putting into it and getting these show matches and like AI is now like further up the spectrum in the StarCraft scene. And it's just really cool to see what's happening. And that's like an amazing result that we couldn't have even, you know, imagined a couple of years ago. I think the main reason that it was amazing to watch was Cadenzi basically just lost to Goon Micro. That's that's it. Right? It was the game she lost. It was just these goons that just she couldn't do any damage. It was it was amazing, right? And those, uh, yeah, go on. Um, if you guys watch the Alpha Star matches, can you compare how the games went in comparison to that? I didn't watch the. Uh, oh no, I watched some of the Alpha Star games. The Alpha Star games were, in my opinion, more impressive. Still, but I think the reason for that is that StarCraft Two Micro is just a lot easier. There's no units yeah. bumping into each other and shit. Right? You just all right. This guy moved back, moves back perfectly. This shuttle come here, drop this Archon that immediately attacks. Yeah, no problem. So I didn't mean like let's list all the ways that Locutus isn't Alpha Star. I meant like in terms of like um like how close the games were or the strategies used. Um like for example, it was pretty obvious that Alpha Star abused the hell out of stalkers, right? Because they're just so yeah. good. Um like I, what did Locutus do in its games? I think it well, for the most part it kind of just made goons and just micro stuff and it was um and that's for the most part why it won. It, it was it was similar to Alstar in that way. It was very much just abusing micro. It didn't make amazing decisions or anything like that. It was just very much abusing very strong micro that the human can't keep up with. 
And I think microwing units in Brood War is just way stronger than StarCraft 2 anyway. Like, if you if you keep a unit alive from Brood War, it's like, wow, they do so much damage. Yeah. But I, I think, so, I, in my opinion, I think StarCraft 2 is probably more exploitable in that way because you just have things like Blink, right? Like, how yeah. strong is Blink if you, right? Yeah. And Force Blink field. wasn't made with AI in mind, obviously. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the DeepMind team is basically the Batman of the bot development world because their superpower is money. It's it's like they are orders of magnitude more uh, funded than the average uh, bot author. And I I to don't give them credit. They are also Bruce Wayne in the fact that they're the best minds in the world, right? Like oh, absolutely. It's, it's money, but you could give that money to me, and I wouldn't make Alvester. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm. I'm not denying their their achievements. Uh, don't get me wrong. I I think that what they did is amazing, but but uh, they had a considerable base to do it, and I don't want to diminish their achievements. Uh, I'm just saying that we we don't play on the same field. Yeah, and without uh, getting it's... too much into like what makes StarCraft different between Brood War and Two, I think AIs will always struggle struggle in Brood War with army movement. I don't oh, want to yeah. get too involved with that, but I, it's very obvious that StarCraft II army movement is a lot easier. Brood Wars is just crazy difficult. I wrote a paper on like the 17 steps that <laughs> happen between <laughs> you issuing a command and the, like, the attack actually yeah. being issued, right? Like yeah. The first two years of Brood War AI were people realizing, oh, if I issue the attack command every frame, my unit just stands there and doesn't it's do stuck. anything. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's just like, oh, okay, or if I spam the gather command, it does nothing. What happens when you, you uh, morph a drone? Well, currently, the orders are broken. Like, this was, okay, so four years into the StarCraft AI scene, we had our first bot that didn't crash a single time during the competition, and that was, like, a major thing. So my opinion about, you know, for example, even Sida or something like that, um, or the Facebook team was, like, just having two people working on a bot where one of them is a paid software engineering professional is huge because for a long time, the bot not crashing was like the first goal. This is a hard software engineering problem. Well, I'm proud. I, I am not a software engineer, but uh, if we go ahead and look at my grave, it has zero crashes since September. Come on. That's, that's some, but my Zerg bot has plenty. <laughs> We definitely come a long way, um, and I'm, I'm quite happy that that we are there. And it's it's basically a ten year journey for, uh, at this point, right? You still had five crashes at aid, though. I'm sorry. I know. I know. Actually, that's not really fair because that I think those crashes are only actually counted for DLL bots because EXE bot crashes can't actually be detected. But we I actually can't remember what my crashes were. I think it was bad uh, pointer. I don't know. I think it was just accessing something that didn't exist anymore. So, yeah. I don't know. They're all gone now. Is McCrave built on any other bot? Nope. I made that dumb thing all from scratch. And nice. It's your baby. Little baby McCrave. Oh, dude. If you compare it to like any other bot structure, it's terrible. It's all over the place right now. <laughs> Let's compare it to Ifbot. Oh, uh, if 
ifbot, he's messaging me right now, MP. What's ifbot? Uh, it's an entire bot in one file that's just if statements. If bot and, <laughs> and the successor kangaroo bot is is a big big meme bot, but it's awesome. And I it wasn't like TSC moves bot one header file at one point took like eighteen minutes to compile. <laughs> Wait, what? I don't no, like... know, but OpenBW is is basically one header file. What? I've seen his code. It's like mad scientist level. It is. Oh, amazing. his that guy is, and if he's listening, like he's like mad scientist is a good way to describe TSMU and his program. He's a fucking like, he has to. Be. Yeah, it seems like it's it's okay. I'm gonna win this tournament. He sits down for an afternoon, codes a bot cat, and gets bored and wins the tar- tournament anyway. I'm not even talking about bot programming. Just like. Yeah, his level of low-level programming and the way he programs, like using modern C plus plus that I can't even read. Like his bot code, look. If you've ever, like, accidentally looked at, like, the STL code, like the C plus plus STL libraries, like that source code, that's what his bot code looked like. Well, uh, I hope that I can uh, have him sometime in the future in the podcast. But uh, yeah, I yeah he's elusive. He, yeah, and, and oh man, he posted that. I guess that the other day he beat a purple wave using corsairs and DTs. Nice, so, an actual strategy. No, no, no. In Protoss versus Protoss, he beat oh <laughs> the Protoss with corsairs and DTs because Does Dan even make flying units. No, here's what happened. Dan would make observers, and he would fly his own Corsairs on top of it, attack each other, splash the observer, and then send DTs in. Oh, yeah. so he's a, yeah, he's abusive. <laughs> <laughs> like, you've got to be actually shitting me that he could do this. He's just well, like, he's this is splashing the thing. his own units. I've been saying this for years that the first bot to really beat humans will observe will like be abusing shit like that. You here's one thing that I don't know why no bot has exploited. Just do this and win competitions. You can drop a tank out of a dropship, and on the first frame it lands, it can shoot, do the damage, and on the next frame it can be picked up. And if you watch this happen, like Dragoons can't even shoot the tanks. Like so it takes them. It it takes seven frames. It takes seven frames for a dragoon to shoot. It takes three frames for a marine to shoot, and a tank can shoot in one frame after being unloaded from a dropship. And like you can even, so hmm. someone made a demo of this like ten years ago, which was they had a screen of sunken colonies, literally a screen of them. They dropped a tank, shot on the first frame, all the sunkens shot at the tank. The tank was picked up before the sunken spike came up, and it like the the spikes came up, but there was nothing there anymore. Okay, this is something I'm gonna have to do at some point. What I don't know is actually uh transport have on load slash unload timer, right? But uh can you drop a unit and pick it up immediately with another transport? I guess you can. Probably. 
I, I mean, I, I have the micro for it, so I probably could make... If somebody makes a Terran build for it with my bot, you could make it happen. It has all the micro for it. I just don't have the Terran skills. And uh, I don't have the build. Dan, oh, mentioned, Dan mentioned the this method, is, which is awesome, which bot was that uh, killing observers by put your Corsair on it and shooting it with another one of your Corsair and the splash damage will kill it. Yeah, I want to see that replay so bad. Like TC Mini. That like... was TSC I, I don't, uh, sorry, I didn't yeah. get that. Yeah, that was him. You need to have a snail bot that this is how you beat humans. You fly five engineering bays over your army because the bot can click on its units to micro them <laughs> under engineering bay. Just do that shit. Yeah, I do should. it. Do it. Absolutely do it. And um, these types of things, when they have 100% win, win rate, they, uh, I will ban, ban those strategies, but not until that point. Even better. Don't, I'm just going to make it to that. It's a no, bot. No, no. It should be able to do bot things. I'm, yes. I'm telling you guys, I'm going to make a build where I'm going to make like 100 engineering base and just float them at the enemy. I'm just going to turtle, and that's all I'm going to do. That, that's why my next turn build is going to be. So it, it literally of, has no strategy. Dream big. Instead of 12 bunkers, it's going to be 12 bay? Yeah. 12 engineering bays on 15 <laughs> supply into thir 14 bunkers because MP's doing... So I'm doing 14 bunkers on 30 supply. So someone and asks that... your build order and you say 12 bay and they're like, oh, so I make an engineering bay when I hit 12 SCVs? No, did I fucking stutter? <laughs> did I fucking stutter? You make 12 engineering bays on 15. <laughs> Why? So that you can float them at them and demoralize them. Like eight racks, eight bay. Oh, the proxy sunkins. Oh, I have plans for that. I was going to make a, a bot that leapfrogs proxy sunkins with a hatchery. Yeah. It was going to hide the hatchery in like the corner, make like 20 drones, and then just start morphing them all at once, and then just start leapfrogging. It's going to be amazing if it works. I do plan on doing that at some point, but I don't know. Basically, you just make like 12 drones and you make no, basically make nothing else. And then you just hide a drone, make a hatchery, and then just start hat, like making tons of sunkins. You don't care who dies anymore because you're taking their main. That's your end goal. You're taking their main and hopefully they suicide units because they're like, we got to kill this sunken right now. And then they suicide units one by one. That's actually how they sound. Yeah, it's it's literally a cannon rush, but Zerg. Yeah, that's how they said it. It's cannon rush, but Zerg style, and you can start mining their stuff afterwards. So you can basically just forget about main entirely. I don't know. I, I'm planning on trying it. I just gotta see if I can make it work. It reminds me a little bit of Age of Empires when a tactic was uh, walling the enemy in, because you can build in Age of Empires two. You build walls faster than most units can destroy it. Well, there's on uh, the old Saturday Night Live, like back in the '80s or whatever. There was one episode that I remember where it was the all steroid Olympics, right? Which is, well, if we're gonna see like what humans can do, let's let 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 it happen, <laughs> right? And so we should have that version, but for bots, where like all the bullshit is allowed, like slide your buildings up walls and like all this kind of stuff. That would be really it's interesting. funny you say that. I was thinking of allowing cheats in AITT if I ever did it again, where <laughs> people can gas. 
<laughs> just see if they can make it work. Let's call see it steroid league. In some way. Yeah, you could break it in some way. Steroid league, you heard it here first. I don't know, man. I was, gonna, I was tempted to do something like that. Yeah, yeah just let bot use cheat codes. Yeah. Except for invulnerability, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can, like, I was going to do fastest map possible because that's basically the equivalent. But not only that, just, just do, like, here's 10,000 gold and gas to start with. Nothing costs gas. energy anymore. That'd be amazing, too. Just everyone can just cast as many storms as you want. Jeez, Dave, they are called minerals. Yeah. Actually, I think that if you just <laughs> rerun the competition, but you use all the maps starting with 10k resources and just see what happens. Oh, that'd be fun. Like, show matching that would be really funny. I would love to see such stupid tournaments. Because, like, you Alberta bot and all the bots based on it would just instantly build everything in the build order, right? Because they have all... Yeah. But it would be really funny because it would... Like, all your minerals, like, all your workers would immediately start building everything. They wouldn't even go gather. That would actually be a part of the strategy if everyone just started with 10,000. Like, what do you do? That's that's the fucking... That's the AITT. No, no expansion needed. Just what do you tech to as fast as you... You don't need workers anymore. Who needs workers? Like, that's one of these modifications that actually might not break the bots. And you could just... You'd have to code around it, and that's about it. It has been a point of Antigas that uh, the SSCIT ladder has been kind of stale in that regard, that we are playing on the same maps in the same format, and some things are just ignored uh, because of that. Yet again, a kind of metagaming. And I think uh, the uh, variety in tournaments is, is needed to have more and uh, different bots. Yeah, would Zerg just start 4-hatch? That's reasonable, yeah. I could be custom that. Oh, yeah. Because by the time, like, you can't even be worker rushed if you go 4-hatch, because their workers can't kill 4-hatcheries before you get stuff out. Or if everyone just started with six bases at once. Now what? I mean, I did islands last time. That was my shtick last year. That was fun. Except everyone just kind of rushed carriers. Actually, someone watched, went, went scouts. can't remember who did that. That was fun. Okay, uh, let's have the last planned topic for today, which is the Artosis show matches. And uh, yeah, uh, first of all, I have to say that... Uh, the presenting and the whole experience was awesome. So, uh, well, it's not no secret that Artosis have some uh, present screen presence, but still, it it was great. And uh, what I really like that he represented the bots as they are. Uh, he didn't sugarcoat anything, but he didn't didn't uh, have any any kind of bad. Uh, uh, I don't know how how should you say that? Like uh, he didn't spread. Uh, bad beliefs or, or misconceptions about bots, so it was very well put together. Yeah, he didn't shit on them. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> but no, no, that's not what I mean. I mean, uh, he, he didn't speculate on stupid shit. Uh, maybe that's the, that's the best way to um, characterize it. Yeah. And, and Dave, you, uh, sorry for spoiling it yet again. But still, you 
it is very well worth watching. So uh, he did defeat all the bots ultimately, it but is very well worth watching. <laughs> uh, is that not a sentence? <laughs> no, it's all the V's. Oh yeah, okay. I sorry, we're just giving you shit. <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> it's just I just thought you didn't. Uh, that was somehow wrong grammatically or something. Just look at the t- sentence I typed. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. That's uh, that's fine. Uh, I agree with Dan saying like, Artosis handled the AI topic really well. His chat did not. His chat was. Oh uh, yeah, let's not re- talk for about no reason. Yeah, the guys in the chat wa- was yeah. Oh, okay. People. There, guy in chat. How how about you come back in fifteen minutes? Tell <laughs> yeah. me how bad I am again. Yeah, it's and it's like okay. So Are you saying that anonymous people online were being mean. What? What? You would think they would do that? Just go on the internet and love. Nice meme. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's an Arthur con right there. Ooh. I got the reference, Macrave. Who do you think I am? Good, good. I didn't abandon the meme game, I have you know. So, yeah, Arthosis handled the topic very well. And uh, what should I say is, uh, yeah, let's let's talk about the guy in the chat effect a little bit. Uh, it, is, it is hard. Uh, asking the same questions, that's okay. Like, people have misconceptions, people just don't know what it is, but it's like, he's one of the top players in the world. He defeating a bot, it's... Not a surprise, and it's like, ah, yeah. uh, and of course the bots were cheating. They were map hacking, and they can see everything. And the worst is when the guy in the chat knows everything better and educates everyone. Oh yeah. Oh, they they just use map hack. Of course they do. Yeah, that's definitely what they do. So, uh, on to a little bit more serious topic, as serious as we can be at this point in time. Uh, the first game versus, uh, was versus Seda, and uh, basically Artosis just realized what Seda was doing and defeated it uh, relatively easy. Uh, but still, it was a good showing, I think. Uh, relatively easy, because he actually needed to concentrate and, and play well. But it, it wasn't like phoning in or just relaxing and they moving. He actually paid attention and well defeated it. Uh, well, you know why Sido lost, right? Because it was map hacking? No. No, because it had my code in there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I did watch that game. Um, it does show the weakness that Sida has, which is what Crazio did after Sida came on the scene, which is basically just quick tanks and contain. Saida uh, is really bad at breaking contains. Really, really bad. It's probably, it's probably worse than Iron and Crazio in that regard. Like it just gets contained, it just sits there, doesn't really move out, um, doesn't have wraiths. I don't think, but has really good drops. So if you contain it and you defend the drops, you just out. Um, I guess resource it. You know, just let it run out and just starve. By the way, we just uh, reached one hundred Schnell users. Just so you know. Oh wow! What the hell? That's a lot. Yeah, that's that's quite a good number. Uh, although some of those are bot authors, so that's that's. Uh, but I think most of them like still a lot. Still a lot, yeah. And I hope that number will continue to increase. Okay. Uh. So yeah, the Seda game was. I should characterize it as predictable. 
but still entertaining. Yeah, I would say in terms of what he showed, I think Saida looked third strongest. Yeah, roughly. and uh, maybe uh, the second one is, was, I think Crazio was the next one. He played Crazio anyway. That was yet again a good match. Uh, there was no doubt that Artos is going to win, but I think Crazy performed very well and did some some uh, crazy har- harassments like with raids. The the raid play was uh, awesome because it was phenomenal. Yeah, it, it was like he always stayed out of Goliath range, and I remember that Artos did that. But uh, well, even if he trapped that, the, then the raid just cloaked. And Artosis did that. He he knew where the rate was, moved in the Goliaths and scanned that. And suddenly all the Goliaths were firing at it. So he yeah, act- actively needed to counterplay uh, Crazy's rate movement. So that was amazing. But yeah, it it was it wasn't too close. I mean, it was uh, there were some engagements that were favoring Crazyo, but no, it it wasn't. Uh, there was no doubt that Artos is gonna win. He did break to contain and was able to get up a third, but it was too late. But it was much closer than the side of the game might. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Uh, relatively speaking, it was closer. And then... Can I make a little suggestion? Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, no, oh, go on. If Schnell had a mailing list, that would be great, because some of us can't regularly check 16 discords every day. True. Okay. I think that's that's like no effort to do. Okay, let's do it. Just for big things like this, because I, I wouldn't have known about this other than the podcast. That's a good idea. Sure, sure, I will do it soon. Just for show matches and stuff. I think a lot of people would enjoy seeing streamers do show matches too. Yeah, like we don't need daily updates of who's the best bot, but just the big news yeah. is really cool. Like I didn't know that Artos was going to play until you post it, and then I watched the entire uh, To be Otherwise, fair... if I was not around, I wouldn't have tuned to be fair, it happened a little bit quickly. So I, it's I, I know that he wanted to play, but he just like messaged messaged me at relatively uh, well not not long before he went online. So we didn't didn't plan it well in advance, and I'm not shitting on him because that's completely understandable. And he at no point he promised anything. Uh, uh in terms of the time of the broadcast so i'm just saying that it was it was not a good use case of the mailing list well you know he's listening to this right now so be careful what you say is he let's see is he though just to meme it so i i'm hoping he's listening but it's unlikely uh so uh where was i yeah um show much <laughs> I'm just laughing at your at your comment in the chat. Okay, so the two next show matches, and I'm coupling them together because they went very similar. It was versus Microwave and Marian Deveka, and uh, he he just crushed them, and uh, there was was not uh, was not any question. But what I liked uh, it was. The pro bots played well. They were just not at the skill level that Artosis was. That's that's all that happened. They performed like a weaker player, very human-like, I must add. And I think Marian Deveka uh, uh, did, or 
No, I think Microwave did a, a very, very good uh, Muta Micro or well uh, pressuring at the right points, but ultimately uh, Art of this counter did well. Uh, no, that was the Killer Baki. That was, yeah, oh, I sorry, I'm, I'm really, really confusing okay. it. Uh, but Microwave, so how... Microwave did a Ling all in. But oh yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. That was the, the that was the Killer Bot game. Yeah. And then... How good is Artosis now? Like, is he still okay or like? He's like 2000 ELO. He's he's A rated. He's good. He's, I would say he's way better than I am. I'm I'm probably like D. He's still very near the top. Yeah. Yeah. So so sorry about that. Mutas were kill, uh, by Killerbot and and yeah, uh, microwave ventling all in, and yeah, it was was just something that didn't work, and it played like any uh, any normal match. And yeah, I agree with Dan. Um, at one point, Artosis went and did his bio push, and he was like, oh, three sunkins, and he just killed him. And that's, that's just what it was. Um, if he had, I think, five, six, he probably needed six sunkins for a stim timing. Maybe could have got away with five if his mutas were picking off marines during the runway or the run over, but. Yeah, no, that was. Possible. I think, uh, yeah, but that's that's not really by chance, I think. So, what were the bots that he played against? Um, I will list the remaining uh, two in uh, because it was six matches, if I remember correctly. Okay. And uh, yeah, uh, why didn't he play against Purple Wave? We really wanted it to, but Purple Wave had an issue with the snail environment, and we figured it out since, but we couldn't get. Uh, uh, it working uh, until the last time. I'm really bummed about that. I, I really wanted to see Purple Wave versus Artosis, but maybe in the future. Cool. I think that would have been the closest game. I think, yeah. Uh, probably. Depending on what build Purple Wave rolled. I'm not, not familiar with what builds he's running right now. But now Dan can put in the if enemy name equals Artosis, then... If, if Dan rolled his carrier build, it would have been a really good game because Dan's carriers are top. Because Artosis hates carriers too. It could be called the Battle of the Dance. Yeah, Dan versus Dan. So uh, then the next match was Locutus, I think. Uh, and uh, Locutus sadly used the stupid build and maybe bugged out a little bit. So that wasn't a good showing, sadly. Uh, but shit happens i guess uh but uh, he... that that build though that's his seal clubbing build that's yeah exactly why i think it's dumb to put a seal clubbing build in your bot he made a very safe zealot spam build and then a move but his targeting doesn't let zealous target vultures so they just kind of died to three vultures and then he just died and it looked really bad that sort Which of bot was that? Locutus. That's a seal clubbing, and I get it. I get the idea of seal clubbing. But that right there is exactly why I don't agree with it, because it just makes your bot look worse when people watch it. They're like, what build is this? Like, why are you doing this? I get the reason for it. It just doesn't make sense to me. It, like, don't do it. Go go spend time making your bot better. You or can leave disable that build in as a crutch. Now. Yeah, leave that as a crutch for now, which I think he, he disabled them now, but Fuck, man. The seal clubbing thing just looks so silly sometimes. Uh, to be fair, Schnell is literally just went open beta a few days, uh, well, yesterday, technically. So, yeah. 
so it is it is like uh, baby steps and uh, devel developing a bot it takes time we will get there but this is just the first show match and i think even even with that uh, no one could say that locutus wasn't a, like was was a very potato bot even with that stupid build honestly if he managed to do his get his goons off the ground i don't think artosis would have won he makes so many nexuses and probes and just constantly sends goons in i just don't think artosis because artosis is such a defensive tvp player i think locutus would have just rolled him over at some he just makes so many units he would just killed so many tanks he doesn't care I think uh, that's a little bit underestimating Artus's ability to adapt, and and Me, I don't know. So I I wouldn't say that I uh, not because I'm a fanboy or anything. Uh, probably he would have a hard time uh, when first encountering the the goons, but I'm not sure that uh, he would lose a game necessarily. It would have been really close at the very. And let's talk about the the last game, which was the the best of all, and uh, it was against McRave, and it went on for thirty eight minutes. And That's awesome! That's what you want to see in these. Matches. Yeah, and I think, uh, and most of the people agree with me that McRave lost the game and did, and uh, not Artosis won that game, because at, uh, uh, McRave just made a, made a bad macro decision at some point. But it was it was so close at one point. Yeah, I think at around like twenty minutes in, I could like I was so far ahead. I was like I think two bases up. I just threw away the game. Um, so the game started with him doing like bunker expand, and my bot saw that and just decided to go three bases. And Artosis did not scout that. He scouted it last, and then was like, "Oh crap! It was three base mass goon." And then all of a sudden some DTs come out and he only had one turret, so he had to stay home even longer. And then Arbiters come out and he doesn't have vessels yet, so he's got to stay home even longer. It could have it, it gone better for me, but um, I think it just started suiciding too much and just lost. And uh, I think the double expansion maybe was a, was a uh, great uh, mistake. It's like, it's like uh, the natural was almost busted, and then just the the army pressure just uh, ceased to exist. I think Macrave yeah. just at least double, but maybe triple expanded and did uh, couldn't afford an army. But at that point, like ten more goons would have done the job, or maybe five more goons even. Yeah, and what's funny, he saw the attacking. He's like, oh, that's not going to work, but it did because he doesn't understand how bot goons work. And I think that was the surprising part for him is all of a sudden he lost five tanks and now my goons are attacking his SUVs and he was like pulling SUVs and freaking out and sieging tanks on high ground. And it was really close. Well, you guys have sold this. I need to watch this today. Uh, yeah, it was it, a really good game. I will rewatch it uh, some, sometime uh, for sure because yet it was uh, very entertaining, uh, quite close, and and frankly, we could learn learn a lot of, uh, from it. The stasises were annoying the hell out of him. I could, it was like, it was like I would say about a quarter of his army was frozen at any point. I think I had eleven arbiters near the end. He was making the serious face all the time. Yeah, even like even the guys in chat were like, "Man, Artosis is quiet for this one," and it's like. Well, when you have to play a macro game versus a bot, 
that doesn't sound too fun because the bot doesn't have to, you know, have that mindset of, oh, I got a micro and macro and think about what to do and scout this and do that. Uh, the bot just kind of does it without any thinking. And even you know why the McCrave game was so good? Didn't have your code in it. I didn't have my code in it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Excellent memeing, sir. So yeah, it it was it was very good, and uh, I I'm really glad because I think many people were sold at that point that it is actually worth trying these bots out. I hope so. I think that's so. That's sort of why I liked the showcase. But I was hoping that there would there would be play from like I'm glad Killerbot got chosen. I just I would rather see standard play bots if we do a showcase so Locutus's new version i hope it has basically none of his cheese that exploits bots none of his seal clubbing which i think he's done that but people like um purple waves bot uh, banana brain kind of just all these bots that have standard abilities and can play long games are just gonna look way better for us in a showcase environment and on top of that, it's really good for bot authors to be like, here's these obvious late game problems you have with your bot when I do this and this happens. Um, Playing against humans will make them play against AI better as well. Exactly. Like I know that my bot, Artosis was like, why did it take the third at the 12 o'clock? It shouldn't have taken it there. It should have taken it at the nine o'clock and it didn't. And he's like, well, it's easier, it's easier to defend the nine o'clock. And I agree. So maybe my expanding logic is bad. And then late game, he starts dropping tanks into my mains and just kills like 20 probes instantly. Why didn't I run those probes away? I should have realized, okay, the nearest help is really far away. I should run these away. So these, these small, or, or like even my arbiters, my arbiters all stacked on each other and just kind of did nothing. They didn't attack. They just stasis stuff and make things cloaked. Then I also have the issue where I suicided for like, 10 minutes and lost my lead. So there's a lot of a lot of small like intricacies that you're not going to see in a bot versus bot game. It sounds really cool. And it also kind of highlights that that problem that we have right now at the state of StarCraft AI where you're like, well, here's these 10 things that I need to hard code in fixes for. Yeah, exactly. The the whole this when this happens, do this is really It's my that's probably my least favorite part about Starcraft is when their bot does this build, I should do this build because mm -hmm. I have an 80% win rate. I'm like, oh fuck, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to make my Muta's path cool stuff and snipe things. And I, I like working on the gameplay aspects, not the strategy aspects, I guess. And then when you, I don't know if you've reached this point yet, but like 10 years ago when you Alberta bot was a Muta micro bot, like the first competition. It's like, it all comes down to how you handle latency. <laughs> Have fun. Oh, oh yeah. So yeah. I don't even, I hate dealing with latency. I think I have it disabled, but I don't know. I forgot. There was a clip, uh, but there is a clip uh, of uh, Artos is saying that something like, well, I'm impressed or color me impressed. And that was, I think uh, that was an ego boost for McRave. That was nice. Uh, he, I think the exact phrase is, wow, color me impressed or something like that. And he said it with his, wow, like his Owen Wilson voice or something. Wow. 
Wow. The, but as, as bot authors, we know that the difference between a colorist comment or a, that was really shit comment is like some random bullshit that could happen, right? Oh, yeah. So it's like fingers crossed because in a human game, if you make a little mistake, it's so easy to recover. But like if that Boolean got flipped or you chose the wrong strategy randomly yeah. or whatever. I'm glad that this bot that my version did well. I I I so Dan or Purple Wave asked him to. I wasn't too happy only because I don't know what state this version is. I I don't know if it's the bugged version. It seems like it's still a bugged copy, but I don't know. But there's that there's that clip that Dan posted just now, but uh, I have another one I want. Send them all, and I will put them in the description of uh, this episode. I'll put them in, uh, yeah, I'll put them in general chat here. So there's one where I dove on his tanks and took out all of his tanks, and at that point, if I just had more goons, I might have killed him, or if my goons just stopped uh, screwing up firing stuff. And then there's this one where he says the, the famous line of color me impressed, or it was certainly certainly a close match, and 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 I loved it. Yeah, it was a great match. Well, uh, I think uh, we basically said all we want to say. I, well, I I think uh, that's the end of the, this topic. Uh, feel free to add more. I'm not gonna stop you. Uh, two things uh, ca- came into my mind. Uh, first of all, is uh, I I will uh, try to add some kind of scoring even just win rate to Schnee soon and I will add the feature that you can mark your bot as a practice bot which means it will not uh, participate in ranked ladders but you can still practice against it because some bots are just well uh, I think some bots are better for that purpose sounds good yeah I, I might mark mine as a practice one but uh, I don't know please don't I don't know, I, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'll leave it I'll leave it the way it is and uh, other than that, yeah, uh, scoring needs needs to happen as well. And I think that will be the uh, next big user base boost. Because as soon as you put a number in front of uh, people that this is your score, doesn't matter if it's ELO, MMR, good boy points, or just amount of turnips, whatever, they will try to increase that uh, score by any means necessary. Did you say amount of turnips? Yeah, what's wrong with turnips? Everything. Turnips. Ugh. Do you you want to hear something really funny about turnips? My whole life, I live in Newfoundland, and we've like turnip is a pretty staple food in our like normal family dinner, and I didn't know until last year that what we call turnip isn't a turnip, but it's a rutabaga. What? And that's is pretty that common. Yeah, so like those big yellow orangey turnips, that's not a turnip, that's a rutabaga. Oh, that's what I thought a turnip is. They're yeah, like no, a turnip ferrets. is like a turnip is like a a really small white looking thing. Almost like a a big radish. Oh wow, okay. Yeah, my Who's mind. Been lying? Turnip is not something you eat, it's it, it's something you put in, in the soup to give it some taste, but you don't directly eat it. Yeah, so if you Google image search turnip, what you see is like not what what we're used to in Canada. Yeah, that's not what I'm used to seeing. Also, I was thinking of parsnip as the fake carrot. 
Parsnip is like a cross between a carrot and a potato, but the worst of both things. Hate them. McCrave, if you uh, if I can tell like a, a two minute story that McCrave reminded me of, it's so funny. When you said that your uh, your arbiters weren't working properly, probably my funniest moment ever playing StarCraft was I was playing a ranked ladder match at my friend's house. Like this was when StarCraft was, you know, like 2000 or something like that. And I wasn't very good, but I was actually like winning this match and my heart was going really fast. And so I wasn't paying attention to a couple of things, but uh, I knew that my opponent was about to attack me. And I had like a ton of dragoons with a single arbiter cloaking them all. And I had an observer on the army that was about to attack me. So I tried to move my units all up to the choke point. So what I did was I selected my dragoons I clicked A, and then I clicked the choke point. What I didn't realize was that my friend's mouse that I was using was really bad, and that click didn't register. And then I went to select my arbiter with the A command still queued and not realizing it, and used all my dragoons to attack my arbiter. <laughs> Did you and then I was, yeah, oh, it just, it just blew up. So all my all my <laughs> units became uncloaked. And when that happened, I like threw up my hands in disgust, but I was on a wheelie chair and one of the wheels broke. I fell backwards and hit my back on his coffee table. And I was lying on the ground watching my base being destroyed just like in pain. I couldn't move. <laughs> what a sequence of events. It uh, sounds uh, like something out of a sitcom. Yeah, I know, but it was like here I am That's lying amazing. on the floor watching all of my uncloaked dragoons just being killed, and I can't. And he was my friend was there just laughing at me. <laughs> That's funny. All right, guys, I think I'm out of topics. Anything you want to bring up? Feel free to share stupid stories all all night long. I ain't got nothing. I gotta go uh, going out for a walk for some exercise to get out. Have fun. I told myself I was gonna do that, but then I didn't. Did this instead. Uh, yeah. The sacrifices we make. I have to now watch this video that is two two seven two seven long. <laughs> Don't you dare not doing that. Alrighty then. In that case, uh, I think it's time to say goodbye. And it took great willpower to not sing that. And uh, thank you for being here. It was, it was a very fun and uh, entertaining cast. And I hope you hope to see you again. Definitely. Thanks for having awesome. me. Thanks for having me.